Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Here's Bill Baker. This week's PDPW podcast is all about listening. We let servant leadership trainer Tom Thibodeau do all the talking about the importance of being a good listener. Well, Bill, to all those people that are listening in, today our topic is to listen. Listen has the same letters as the word silent. Listen has the same letters as the word silent. To be present, to be quiet, to listen. The poem Threads by James Autry. Sometimes you just connect like that, no big thing maybe, but something beyond the usual business stuff. It comes and goes quickly, so you have to pay attention. A change in the eyes when you ask about the family, a pain flickering behind the statistics about a boy and a girl in school, or about seeing them every other Sunday. An older guy talks about his bride, a little affectation after 25 years. A hot eye achiever laughs before you want him to. Someone tells about his wife's job or why she quit working to stay home. An old joker needs another laugh on the way to retirement. A woman says she spends a lot of her salary on a nanny, but a good one is hard to find. But it's worth it because there's no one more important than the baby. Listen. Listen. In every office and workplace and community, you hear the threads of love and joy, fear and guilt, the cries for celebration and reassurance. And somehow you know that connecting those threads is what you're supposed to do in business takes care of itself. And somehow you know that connecting those threads is what you're supposed to do and business takes care of itself. Ask yourself this question. Who is the best teacher you ever had? Who is the best doctor you ever went to? Who is the best leader that you've ever worked with? Who is your best friend? What was your relationship like with your parents? What's your relationship like right now with your spouse? And one of the things that we find to be in common is this. Those who are good listeners are good teachers and doctors, leaders, friends, parents, and spouses. Listening is an act of love. It means that I'm willing to put aside my own agenda and listen to what you have to say to communicate a depth of respect and understanding. Don't assume because you're intelligent, able, well-motivated that you are open to communication, that you know how to listen. Robert Greenleaf wrote that when he was the vice president of AT&T Corporation, the largest corporation in the world. AT&T Corporation, Ma Bell, were having problems with communication within the organization, and so he developed a communication course, but it was founded in listening. Listening requires to listen to oneself first, nurturing a sense of integration. It depends on a heightened level of awareness, an openness to being changed, a willingness to supplement with an interest in and a desire to help others. Listening consistently practices the behaviors that communicate presence, like asking questions, reflecting ideas, feelings, and emotions. Finally, Listening requires a capacity to accept human imperfection within ourselves and with others. How often do we ask for feedback from others? Am I a good listener? Do you feel like I'm listening to you? Am I communicating respect? 
so difficult today, getting people's attention. The average attention span of the average American adult is nine seconds. The average attention span of the average child is 12 seconds. Average goldfish is 12 seconds. I don't know who does that research, but I like it because it tells us it's so difficult to really understand one another, to be silent, to avoid the distractions that come when we're talking to another person. I have a good friend of mine who is a very accomplished CEO, and the company was doing 360s in which people get feedback from different people on their team as to their gifts, their abilities, and their limitations. And this gentleman had been the CEO for about 15 years of this company and had grown it and had been very successful. And when he sat down and got his results, people on his team, the eight people that reviewed him, all listed him as a poor listener. On a scale of one to five, he'd given himself a four, thinking he was a good listener, but in fact, people rated him around 1.8. He was completely shocked. He was blindsided. He had no idea that's how people viewed him as a listener. He went home and he told his wife the results of the feedback he had received, and she looked at him and said, I could have told you that. He had this blind spot. He hadn't even been listening to the feedback that he was a poor listener. His wife told him, whenever we go out, you meet one person, but you're constantly looking over their shoulder, looking for somebody that is more interesting to talk to. You don't want to be left out of a conversation, and therefore you're disrespecting the person in front of you. How often do all of us do that? Ignore the persons right in front of us because we think there's someone more interesting or something more interesting that we might be missing if we're not paying attention to them rather than the person that we're with at any particular moment. Listen, it's an act of love. The Jewish philosopher Martin Buber wrote that there's two ways in which we can identify other people in a relationship. One is I-thou and two is I-it. In an I-it relationship, we reduce people to objects, people that can be manipulated or used. How many times have you been referred to as a customer or a consumer or a client? And all of a sudden you recognize that the relationship is really transactional and it didn't depend a great deal about understanding it because there was no mutuality. And what we're finding in a number of business, particularly credit unions, who refer to the people they work with as members. How many businesses now are beginning to recognize that the people they work with are partners and guests in their lives? It's a much different experience. It's the experience of thouness. Treat other people like you would like to be treated. I don't know about you, but I would imagine everybody who's listening would much rather be treated with dignity and respect, would much rather that the person that we're talking to takes a personal interest in what we have to say and how we're saying it. Easy to say, but difficult to do. It means that each person I listen to is worthy of respect, and therefore I must put aside my judgments, my biases, and being open to what is it that the other person would like to tell me. I teach uh, servant leadership on a regular basis and working with leaders and trying to help them understand how important listening is seems to be so obvious and yet it is so difficult. So here's the exercise that I use. I have each 
person pair up with another person, they turn towards each other, which really is the understanding of conversation. Conversation, the word comes from two Latin words, conversatio, which means to turn towards each other, and so they do. And I give one person six topics to talk about, and the other person is just to listen, to keep silent. And then I give the next person six different topics to talk about. And then I give them the instructions that they will introduce their partner based on what they listen to. Immediately, it creates high levels of anxiety because people are afraid that they will not be able to remember what they had listened to. Why? Well, because we have become forgetful, have we not? We have not practiced the importance of memory. In fact, we'd rather buy handheld devices that contain more memory. How important it is for us to stretch our memory, and that happens when we listen. Human beings are flesh and blood, memory and hope, and memory is such a great gift we give to another. Are you not amazed when somebody that you've only met for a couple of times remembers your name, remembers the name of your spouse or where you came from or the work that you do? We communicate respect when we take time to remember the impact that another person has made on our lives. And so I give them six topics to talk about, but I also provide a list so they're not too nervous as they're going through the the situation. And then afterward, uh, we process it. It takes about 45 minutes. And then I ask people, what did you learn? They tell me it's very hard just to listen. I wanted to respond. I wanted to interrupt. Well, of course we do. Why? Physiologically, we think at the rate of 600 to 800 words a minute, and we speak at the rate of about 150 words a minute. So oftentimes we become restless when we have to listen. We are already jumping to what we want to say. We're already jumping to some kind of response or because we like to be problem solvers to give other people advice. Advice we would not listen to ourselves, but we think that other people are hungry for what it is that we need to tell them. I have a friend of mine who's a speech therapist, and when she goes home after a difficult day at work, her husband, who is a high school principal, just start talking about her day and how difficult it has been or how frustrating and challenging some of the situations she found herself with. And immediately he launches into what she could have done. And she looks at him and says, please understand, at home you're not the principal. At home you're my husband. All I want is for you to listen. Isn't that true? How many times the people in our lives just want us to listen, and yet research tells us we do very little listening at home. What's the average number of minutes that a mother spends talking with her children every day? Five to seven minutes. What's the average number of minutes that a father talks to his children every day? Three to five minutes. What's the average number of times that a married couple spend in conversation with each other each day? Three to five minutes. We listen so little to the people that we live with and love. Is it any wonder that people find themselves in virtual chat rooms looking for virtual strangers to talk with, to share their ideas, to build a relationship with? Listening is an act of love. It takes time. It takes a commitment to communicate, a commitment to understand, a commitment to be fully present to the needs of another person. I have a friend of mine that when he goes in to see his, 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 the leader in his organization, he asks to see the leader in the conference room 
because if he stays in the leader's office, the leader is constantly looking at his laptop rather than paying attention to the eye contact that is so necessary to communicate. Three things happen when we listen. Three things that are very significant and important. One, listening calls us forth. Have you had, ever had one of those experiences where somebody says to you, do you got a minute? And what do you do? You sit down and a half hour later, they're still talking. If somebody asks you, do you got a minute and you don't, it's wise that you say no. No, I don't have a minute at this moment, but it could be rescheduled later this morning. How about tomorrow? Would that work for you? I want to be giving you my own full attention. If I pretend, if I try to fake it, what have I communicated? You're not very significant, and I have no time to respect what you have to say. When people ask for a minute, they're asking for our time. They're asking for our attention. Parents have this experience when they put their children to bed, and a very young child oftentimes will just begin talking about their day and all kinds of other free associations that come to them simply because they want to have their parent remained in their presence, and they realize if they continue talking, somebody will stay, and they might listen. How important this is. Why is it that telemarketers target high-rise buildings where the elderly live? Because so many of the people who are retired in this country, who do not have family in the cities in which they raise their children, are lonely. And they get a phone call from a telemarketer and therefore are much more susceptible and vulnerable to being sold something because they're speaking out of loneliness. Listening is the antidote, the ability to sit down, to pay attention, to understand, to communicate empathy, warmth, and acceptance. Second, when we listen to people, not only are we called forth, but we are changed. Listening can be transformative. If what you believe, Bill, is different than what I believe, but if I really take time to listen to you, what could happen? I could change. How often are we afraid to talk with people who have a different perspective than ourselves because we don't want to change? Isn't it amazing in our own political system right now we see this happening? If a Democrat talks to a Republican, they get punished. If a Republican talks to a Democrat, they get punished. Shouldn't the goal be really both sides of the aisle talking with each other, coming to common ground and finding solutions to the problems that face us all? Isn't in the best interest of the whole country to have healthy, well-principled children? We cannot come to that conclusion of what is right and good and just for our children if we are not willing to change our attitudes towards each other. Listening changes us. How many times have you heard someone's life story and you didn't understand them very well, but after hearing what they had been through as a child or young adult, maybe a failure that they experienced or a recent bout with cancer, you come to a level of understanding you never had before and your opinion of that person changes. Finally, listening is felt in our body. About 85% of what we communicate is nonverbal, and that's why... Um, Communicating um, electronically can be so shallow and really not satisfying because we're not getting the full picture, not always hearing the tone of a person's voice, not being able to look into their eyes or see their, their, their expression. Are they smiling? Are they frowning? Are they tired? And all of a sudden you begin to recognize that words need context 
in the context is the life of the person who's speaking. We feel it in our bodies. Isn't it amazing? Lewis Thomas, an oncologist who wrote a marvelous book called Listening to Mahler's Late Night Reflections, Listening to Mahler's Ninth Symphony, he writes this, even though a lie detector cannot be used in a court of law, isn't it comforting to know that something in our physiology changes when we do not tell the truth? So I ask people, when's the last time your body lied to you? When's the last time your intuition was completely wrong? There's these internal voices and understandings that come to us if we only take time to listen to ourselves. How important this is. Most people do not have 10 or 15 minutes each and every day just to listen to their own experience. Listen to the sound of their own inner voice. We are so programmed to turn on a, on a television, a podcast, a radio show, that we forget to listen to our own sense of inner wisdom. The inner wisdom that was taught to us by our elders who had common sense. They didn't give us long lists of things that we had to remember. They had proverbs that caught our attention and we held on to them. Do it right the first time. Get your work done before you go out and play. You do not eat your dessert until you finish your vegetables. They knew what was good for us and we listened because they spoke the words that communicated a sense of goodness and love into our lives. There's a story of a young boy, 15 years of age. He was riding his bike down the highway and got hit by a car. He suffered a severe head injury and was into a, was in a coma. He was brought to the intensive care unit at a hospital and was there in a coma for two days. And then, um, after two days, they looked at the swelling on the brain and needed that they knew needed to relieve the swelling in the brain. And so they had to do emergency neurosurgery. Two days after the surgery, the boy is still comatose. And a doctor came in, and this was many years ago where they didn't fully understand, looked at the chart and said, this kid's a vegetable. I wish his parents would come in and unhook him. He's never going to move. Well, a wise and caring nurse understood that the first sense program in the brain is sound the last sense to leave is sound. And so she sat down and took the boy's hand. She stroked his face and she said, I am here. When you are ready, come back to life and you will move and you will walk and you will dance. And she'd come in the next day, I'm here and I love you. When you're ready, come back to life and you will move and you will walk and you will dance. And she did this for the next two weeks. After 14 days, there were slight eye movement, and the boy then began to wake up. Thus began a long period of rehabilitation. The woman continued to work at the hospital, and after 25 years, retired. Her family and friends had a party for her, and people were coming by to say thank you. And a man walked in, and he put his arms around her, stood back, and held on to her hand and said, I am here, and I love you. Because of you, I can move, and I can walk, and I can dance. That surgeon said I was a vegetable, and I'd never move. I decided right then and there I'd never move for him. But you, you called me back to life. Would you like to dance? In the course of today, how many of you will call others back to life? How many of you will give somebody a minute when they ask for it? How many of you will open yourself up to the ideas of other people 
and in the process of understanding, recognize that you have changed. How many of you will spend a few quiet moments just listening to your own body, your tiredness and your wisdom, your desires and your determination? Listen. Listen. It is a source of great strength. An Argentinian proverb says, Who speaks, sows. Who listens, reaps. James Autry again. Listen, listen. In every office, workplace, and community, you hear the threads of love and joy and fear and guilt, the cries for celebration and reassurance. And somehow you know that connecting those threads is what you're supposed to do, and business takes care of itself. And somehow you know that connecting those threads is what you're supposed to do, and business takes care of itself. Well, Bill, truly it is always a privilege to be in communication with you because you listen so well. You listen carefully, you record it, and hopefully it's beneficial to all the people today who took time to listen. Our thanks to leader, speaker, and fourth-generation dairy farmer Hank Wagner for being our guest on today's PDPW podcast. And a reminder, for more resources and other podcasts, head to pdpw.org. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.